What's up everybody, Brandon R. Scarborough here. I want to take a moment to share with you and tell you about my dream, my passion, ultimately my purpose. Dreams Academy is our nonprofit organization located in Akron, Ohio, where we specialize in mentoring young men of color. I started Dreams Academy in 2016, and since then, we've had the opportunity to impact and mentor over 300 young men in our area. I want to tell you about this because it's dear to me, it's near to me, and so I want to tell you how you can support. Go to our website and see what we're doing, www.dreamsacademyonline.org. Also, when you get to our website, be sure to visit our Queens Academy page. We launched Queens Academy so that we can start having the same impact with young women of color in the summer of 2021. It's been a great journey and we look forward to impacting more and more young people. We need your help. Consider today making a donation to Dreams Academy so that we can keep impacting more and more young people. You can give online right at our website. You can give through Cash App, Dreams Academy. You can also text to give by texting DREAMS to 44321. If you are unable to donate now, that's completely fine. We still want to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram at Dreams Academy USA and Queens Academy USA. You can join us on Facebook at Dreams Academy and Queens Academy, or go to our website and fill out the contact us form and leave us your email address so we can add you to our email list so that you will get our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything that's happening with our organization. Whatever you decide to do, however you connect with us, we're grateful for the connection. Thank you so much in advance for your support. What's up everybody, Brandon R. Scarborough here with another episode of Dear White Teacher. I just wanna say thank you for the outpour of support. People have followed, downloaded, text, emailed, and just a lot of positive support around the uh, podcast and the platform, so I'm excited about where things are going. And with that, I'm gonna jump right into our next guest. I got my guy, Mr. Elijah Hill, who's um, a unique uh, young man because he's a black male teacher, and we know um, that is the lowest uh, percentage of teachers uh, in our country. And so uh, everybody welcome Mr. Elijah Hill. What's up, man? Not much, man. What's going on? Glad to have you, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Man, tell everybody, you know, where you teach at, uh, kind of the scope of what it is that you do. Okay, so I'm currently teaching at Alliance Intermediate School, uh, fourth and fifth grade. I teach social emotional learning uh, for fourth and fifth graders. And then the second half of the day, I'm like a tutor at our alternative school. But while doing that, I coach football, wrestling, and track here in Alliance. Cool, man. So, so first, just for me, man, just let me say thank you for what you do because we, we are definitely um, a huge minority presence in that, in that uh, area of teaching, man. I, I wish we could get more black male teachers like yourself um, so our kids could see um, us being represented in the classroom. Absolutely. For sure. But uh, that, that's a great um, career path, man, so I appreciate what it is that you do. Thank you. Um, you said something, though, that, that triggered another thought that's nothing to do with why I asked you to be on the show, yeah. but I, I want to jump into that. Um, you said you teach socio-emotional learning um, for fourth and fifth graders, man. Dive into that a little bit. So uh, it came up like a, a last-minute gig, but I was like, okay, cool, this is unique. Yeah. It's, it's something that a lot of kids don't get to talk about or they don't feel comfortable talking about. So in my class, we dive into anything from relationship building skills, mental health, um, empathy, gratitude, all kinds of things. Basically how you interact and, and how to take care of yourself at the end of the day. Um, it's kind of different being that it's fourth and fifth graders. Usually we'll hear about it when it's like 
when life already done hit you. Yes. You like an adult, you got all these struggles, but as fourth and fifth graders, um, it's kind of unique and they appreciate it because they also get the sense and uh, understanding that they're human too. Yeah. Oftentimes we give kids the idea of you're just a kid, you're just a kid. But after this year, I done found out these kids go through some stuff that some adults ain't, ain't ever sniffed, like yeah. you can't imagine it. So it's a unique perspective and it's kind of, it's cool to see these kids interact and do this type of stuff right now. That's what I was going to ask, man. Like what's the kids like kind of feedback, like take a, a concept like empathy for a fourth, what's that like for a fourth and fifth grader? Uh, I try to do it in unique ways. Like I love shoes. So yeah. uh, I'll teach it on the basic concept of it's putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. And then like we'll do something different as like color a shoe, design your own sneaker, and then we'll go into different scenarios and figure out where people went wrong. But once they understand the concept of it's not necessarily wearing somebody else's shoe, but it's taking the time to understand somebody else's perspective, they're like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Man, that's from that's that's phenomenal, man. Yeah. I, I love that, man. Do you get to see kind of the things you teach and the concepts you teach play out in their lives like throughout the school day or even at home because I, I think that's a lot like you said a lot of that is stuff us adults are just now getting to is it, trauma mental health but you know these buzzwords that Absolutely. adults are dealing with but you're, you're starting with a, um, a population of young people so do you get to see kind of the outcomes play out uh, yeah, I get to see both. I get to see some of the outcomes and I get to see some of the opportunities for reinforcing the, yeah. the uh, whatever it may be, our topics. I deal more with empathy quite frequently. Like I'll see kids that have gotten in trouble for simple stuff as just not taking the time to understand mm -hmm. where somebody else is coming from or not knowing somebody has an underlying issue and you don't find out till you get in trouble for making fun of them. Yep. Well, you ain't take the time to ask. Yeah. So, so now you're in trouble for it. But it's good to see them doing these things and, and like interacting and applying them in the classroom or, or in their daily lives. Cause like you look at them like, where you learn that from? Like, yeah. how'd you figure that out? No, no, I remember it from class. I remember wow. you told us this is how we're supposed to do it. This is how you interact with people. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> it's funny you said that um, the piece about what they kind of don't know because they didn't ask. I had a situation just today, a couple young men got in a fight and a um, young man said, um, some bad words about his grandmother and who was deceased. And that's what started the fight. It really wasn't about what he said about his grandmother, but that was a, a touch point for him. Like, oh, yeah. hey man, my grandmother's dead. And the other young man, uh, the other little fellow whose grandmother it was, he didn't add, he didn't wait to talk it out. He, no, he went to throwing to blows. It, yeah. yeah, and they tore the classroom up. But after it came out, it was like, hey, that, that hit me some kind of way, third graders. You know, that triggered me, though, because my oh, grandmother's yeah. deceased and we were very close. And so the other young man now, you know, shame, guilt, like he was like, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yep. <laughs> and they friends anyway. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So 10 minutes later, it was cool and they, they were able to forgive each other. But empathy, I, I got to see a, a form of empathy between them that, you know, we was kind of focused on the fight. And yeah, well, they got to suffer the consequences of that. But it was like, oh. She's deceased. I, I, I really apologize yeah, now. Sorry, I, I didn't, didn't know. know. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's a huge concept, man. I, I love that, man. That, that's, in my language, that's dope that y'all yeah, doing that down for there. For sure. Yeah. So the reason, one of the reasons I, I brought you in, man, is because you have a very unique um, perspective. Um, so you teach in Alliance High School, Alliance School District, but you grew up in that school district, so you came through 
you know, kindergarten all the way, high school graduating, and went to Mount Union, which is in Alliance, Ohio as well. Absolutely. Now you're teaching um, in that district, and that, as you know, the podcast is called Dear White Teacher. Yeah. You've experienced, um, and we kind of talked about this before the cameras came on, whether or not Alliance is a quote-unquote urban district or not, but it, it has a, a great share of African-American um, slash minority students. I, I want to talk about the balance between your experience being a student and now teaching in that district and, and what that looks like um, for our students in the, the down there. So I took my experience coming back in and used my personal experience to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Whereas like all through school and college, we would have to think of teachers that positively, positively affected us and some that negatively affected us. And there were some that were good, some that were bad, but I leaned more on the people that negatively affected my educational experience mm -hmm. and just figured out where they went wrong. Yeah. And it was like one of the things where I don't want to do that. Yeah. Not that they did it on purpose, some just generally didn't know. Didn't know. But coming back in, my thing was, you know what, I want to make an impact where some teachers may have went wrong, some that were still there wow. may have went wrong. So it was unique to dive back in, but coming back in to start, my whole thing was, Yes, you're a student, but that don't mean you ain't a human. That don't mean you don't right. have rights. That don't mean you have a, don't have a voice. Voice, yeah. So I, I wanted to go in and, and meet them where they were at and take them where I wanted them to go. Yeah. So it was as simple as, hey, just a general conversation, but I'm not going to belittle you. I'm not going to make you feel like you're less than because you're not. Yeah. Like, it was even more important to, to explain that coming in, being that less than six years ago, he was right there I with him. was in the same school, yeah, yes. In the same spot. So it was like, no, I don't think you less than. No, I don't think that you're not allowed to say what you feel, but there's a clean way to do a dirty thing, and mm. there are some things that I need you to do to get where you got to go. Yeah. So it was it was unique the first year really being in there. Mm -hmm. Then the following year, it was like, oh, cool. Like, this, this ain't nothing. I can talk to you. I can help you out. I yeah. can do what I got to do. You can do what you got to do type yeah. of thing. So it's funny you said, you know, the whole piece about a voice. I don't know if you've listened to some of the previous episodes of the podcast or not. That's been a theme throughout, like, coming up every episode is the students have a voice. Like, they, they are human beings. They are uh, more than just students. And so it's funny that you say that. Um, in regards to voice, do you find yourself being a voice among, among coworkers who may have even been teachers of, of yours at some point when you are able to see um, instances of where they may have could have handled things a little differently, especially with, with our students. Because what I do know about Alliance is, you know, with the time I spent there, uh, while the district may not be urban, I know the African-American community there is pretty urban. Absolutely. And so, um, what does that look like? Um, so it, it comes in, in different shapes and sizes. I mean, I deal with all kinds of kids from different walks of life, but I often find myself being a voice for kids that look like me. Yeah. And it's just as simple as, as how you talk to a kid. Mm -hmm. Just because they're a kid don't mean you belittle them. You ain't always got to raise your voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes less is more. Yeah. And sometimes they receive that better because they may be the only man or woman at home. They may take care of business at home, and when they come to school and you feel like you need to raise your voice or feel like you're trying to whip somebody into shape, 
they feel disrespected. Yeah. And, and some teachers don't understand that that's a line that you cross, but you would never know because you don't have the empathy to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll have just simple conversations with teachers and they're, well, I watched you talk to him and, and he just responded so well. I said, I ain't raised my voice. Yeah. I just talked to him. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the kid. The kid's not bad. The kid's not one of your troubled students. He don't need to be doing all these extra things and talking to all these extra adults. He need room to be a kid, and we got to understand that not everybody kid, not every kid, grows up the same way you grew up. So when you take that step back and you just talk to him as the human, and not the kid based on your preconceived notion, you're able to to work through those problems and find a common ground to get them to do what you need them to do. Mm -hmm. So it, it becomes sometimes I, I get a little too passionate about it, but other times I'm just like, look. You, it's a kid. At the end yeah. of the day, you don't know where he's come from, and you won't know unless you take the time to talk to him. Right. But that don't mean right. you coddle him based on his experience. Right. You still got to shoot him straight and get him to do what you need him to do, but don't disrespect. Yeah. Uh, I remember we were talking one time, and um, I think this was an instance where you kind of found yourself coming outside of teacher mode, and I was blown away because it didn't come out till later in the story where a teacher or a Come to find out later, it was an administrator asked you to come talk to a particular student. Um, but then as we kept talking, the administrator was in a whole different building than, oh, yeah. than where you were. And you had to leave your building to go deal with this student at that building um, based on how they saw you relate um, to that student. You remember that? Absolutely. It, you probably Just, remember it happens. Probably, I'm sure it happened more than once. Oh, quite frequently. Uh, <laughs> it actually was like maybe a month or two ago okay. in the winter, but they had me go talk to the kid based on something that had went out, went down at home. Mm -hmm. And I knew the kid very well. I actually tried to cut him from my team mm -hmm. before the season started. I didn't want him to come back out. But I told him, I said, hey man, you know, um, I would be just like everybody else if I cut you. Right. He's like, what you mean? Why, why would you, why, what you mean? I said, dude, some people will cut you because they don't want to fool with you or they don't think that you can do it. I'm going to keep you on my team even though you're ineligible, even though you show wow. up to practice half the time, but I'm going to keep you and I'm going to help you get your grades up. And before it was said and done, his grades were up, but he had a family issue at home and he almost had to spend the night in, in the detention center. Wow. So they sent me to talk to him and I ain't do no yelling. I just seen where he was coming from. Yeah. But I tried to give him valuable life lessons that I failed to look at as a young man yeah. where I thought I was big and bad enough to do what I wanted to do. I explained, hey, dude, some things aren't your fight, and the best thing you can do is keep doing what you're supposed to do. You ain't supposed to go home and flip out on the people that took you in when you, you ain't have nowhere else to go. Yeah. That's the last thing you're supposed to do, but you need to respect. If you can't respect and, and do what you need to do, then they ain't going to fool with you. Right. Now you ain't got nowhere to go. Right. But it was just an honest conversation, but I didn't go in there trying to overdo mm. or trying to be Dr. Phil. I just wanted to shoot him straight and get him to understand where I was coming from as somebody that cared about him. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to give him no fake Hallmark card of an excuse of, hey, I, I understand if you need a few days. No, yeah. you got to still do what you need to do yeah. here. But while we're here, we're going to focus on this. Yeah. When you're at home, you can take care of home, but don't go home di being disrespectful because that's about the only home you know. Mm -hmm. And if you ain't got that, you have nothing, dude. You got to go ahead and be honest with yourself. Kid, kids can feel authenticity. Yeah. They, they know when, when it's real and when it's not. And so I think that's, that's major of you to be able to have that approach with them. 
and uh, not even just set them straight, but set them on a straight path, yeah. you know, for success, man. So when did you know, you know, especially like having this perspective and this experience coming up in the district, when did you know you wanted to teach? Um, when I was younger, I used to hold babies all the time. Love babies. I right. can see a baby, I'm going to ask to hold it. Yeah. But it was one of the things. Wait, wait, let's pause there because you are one of how many kids? I'm one of nine. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Your, your parents love babies. <laughs> they love them too. <laughs> they might love them more than me. But I would see them, I see babies, hold them. As they would get older, I would just naturally have the ability to teach them good things, bad things. It didn't matter. I could teach them to say certain things. Right. But they followed it. Mm -hmm. And I got into school and I would see and look and observe. And I had only had one African-American teacher yeah. up until college. So I was looking, and, and the one teacher that had a positive impact on me was African-American. Mm. But I never seen black men that looked like me. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make it a point to be able to have that positive impact on kids. On, it didn't matter where you was from, what you looked like. I wanted to help everybody. Yeah. So that was just my goal and my point. Even to college, I thought my passion would change, but it never, yeah. never wavered. That was what I wanted to do. So having that experience, and you, you saw this one black teacher that kind of helped even further shape what you already wanted to do. Um, this is a question I always kind of considered. So you went to Mount for teaching, right? Yes. Um, was there any instruction on things like empathy or on relationships relating to students beyond the instruction beyond not beyond beyond the the textbook um no i think that there became this issue where they had to look at it after mm -hmm. a while though i was one of them dudes that would just not intentionally push the envelope mm -hmm. but i would push it yeah and my thing would be you know what I can turn in a piece of paper when you want me to. I can do all of that. I can get up there and teach what you want me to teach. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, I can sit down and talk to them beyond the textbook, beyond what I'm teaching them, and I'll still have the same impact on them. Yeah. So it, they would have the issue of, well, you can't really, you didn't really say the content like this, or you didn't say it like that, or you wore Jordans to teach your lesson. I said, so? I said, did they notice the shoes? They said, yeah. I said, well, did they pay attention to what I was saying? They said, yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, cool. I yeah. said, why are you worried about my shoes? My ability to connect with kids went beyond the textbook. It went into as to how I talked for them, yeah. things I could do outside of teaching, what I wore, yeah. my hair. Like It was yeah. just little things that they would click you with. You can use the shoe as a connection point. That's exactly kids right. Kids love Jordans. They ain't, ain't got to pay for them. That's why they exactly. love them. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why they right. love them. Their parents right. going to buy them, but they right. ain't got to buy them yet. Right. Right. But once they understood that I was just able to, uh, to approach teaching from a different perspective, then we would have teachers that would understand what I was saying. Yeah. And they would be open to other opportunities for me to teach from a different perspective yeah. and to teach my peers other things. So it was after my four years, I would say I was able to shift some people's thinking. Yeah, so I'm a Mount grad, grad as well. I, I went to Mount Union College, not, not the university. To, yeah, not the university. Right, I, cool. You know, I'm a little older. I went to Mount <laughs> Union College. We, we wasn't quite there yet. Uh, but I, I, I know it's a predominantly white institution, so I know the teaching program is a predominantly white Absolutely. Um, track. And so that's one of the things um, I even want to focus on with this podcast is, is one of the reasons I do it, because I know those relational um, instructional moments are lacking and so teachers are getting thrown into 
um, these environments with kids they weren't taught to relate to, nor do they genuinely even know how to, because that that might not be their background. They they may have. There are teachers in black schools that never saw black kids until they got to a until black they school. Got that job for sure. And so, how do we help them create successful classrooms and successful relationships, successful everything, so that the kid themselves become successful? Um, honestly, I think when people come in open-minded and eliminate the preconceived notions they mm -hmm. may have, um, they're more uh, susceptible to help kids. Yeah. So if I'm just looking at you as the kid, not as the white kid, not as the black kid, you're more likely to get more out of them, whereas some teachers will come in, some teachers that don't necessarily look at it, look like us, will come in with the idea of, oh, they're a black kid, and automatically have a negative assumption about the kid. Yeah which ultimately already pushes them off, mm -hmm. where you're already off track on to how to reach this kid, because yeah. you already got a negative thought about them. Right. Parents could be lawyers, parents could own businesses beyond what you make, right. and you already think that maybe dad ain't home, maybe they living with no electric, maybe mom out there on the streets. You already got a negative idea. So I honestly felt like once you move those out the way, it, you're more likely to connect if you just yourself and you look at them as the human, you can get in there somewhere, you can find a commonality or a connection with the kid to be able to help them. Yeah. Not feel sorry for them, not try to bribe them and buy them things, take them where they want to go, but right. just get to know the person. Mm -hmm. Don't get to know what you have to teach, get to know the kid. Yeah. It's more powerful than you just Knowing, oh, I remember you from my class. No, I remember you. Me and you used to talk. We had a commonality. You used to like this or yeah. be like that. That's more important to, to the kid than, hey, you taught me how to do math. Right. Like, get to know the kid. Yeah. Know every kid. It ain't. You don't have to know one. Know all of them. Yeah. It just shows how much you care about what you're doing. And, and in a city the size of Alliance, man, that should be really easy to do because it's a, you're going to bump into everybody everywhere. Absolutely. I've been in the stores for the last three weeks and riding through streets. And I, yeah. Mr. Hill! Yeah. Riding up to my car. Yeah. I don't care. I love it. Like, right. Now you see me outside of the classroom. Now you know I'm another, human. Another connection point. I'm just like you. I'm yeah. human. You may see me in I the get car. gas. I go to the supermarket. Absolutely. <laughs> now, it, you get parents that, that may look and ask, who is that guy? Yeah. What is he? Oh, that's my teacher. Your teacher? Why are you surprised I'm the teacher? Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the, the, the shock for? But it, it's unique to be out because once I make the connection inside the school walls and get outside, yeah. Now you respect me as a human, not just as the teacher, Mr. Yeah. Hill, but the, the human, Mr. Hill. And then they get, they get to see you as the track coach, the wrestling right. coach. Um, you become many more things, um, different role models in different areas where, where they can connect with you and things like that, man. Um, I was reading earlier that across the country, only 2% of all teachers are black males. And... Um, I got a feeling that number is going to decline because teachers are walking away from the profession, man, daily. I don't know if you're in some of the groups on like Facebook and stuff, but man, teachers, they done had it up to here, Absolutely. you know, for various reasons, man. Um, what's some of the things that keep you going back every day? Um, remembering why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, it's easy to say, but it's different when you're going through maybe a dark patch and you're still getting up to do your job 
and some way, somehow, a sign comes through a kid mm -hmm. to tell you something that just makes you want to keep doing what you do. Yeah. Uh, I think this year is uh, seeing some of the kids. I've had more kids whose parents have deceased, have passed away than, yeah. than anything. And they're fourth and fifth graders, and they still come in with a smile on their face. Wow. And I always look at them. Sometimes I'll go through rough times. But if I can look at a kid and say, dang, they ain't going home to a mom or a dad, and they still just as happy as ever, mm -hmm. I, can, I can do this job. I can help you. Like, you don't have the guidance that I may have. I got both my mom and my dad at yeah. home. I'd look at it differently. I'd take it as almost a charge to keep. Yeah. If you ain't going to get no guidance anywhere else, best believe when you walk into school, I'm going to be there to help you. Yeah, I'll be there to give you a hug if you need a hug, high fives, knuckle bumps, whatever it is. But I'm going to be there to be that person for you. Uh, once I looked beyond the politics, the money, whatever it may have been, and looked at the kid, it was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you may get tired of your coworkers, you may get tired of other things and, uh, along with the job, but at the end of the day, they looking for you. Yeah. They, they counting on you to do what you're supposed to do for us. So, I mean, I just start looking at the kids every day and that, that's what keeps me going back. And so because, because the city is as small as it is, man, I, I would guess, that you're a lot of kids teacher that aren't in your classroom if that makes sense. Yeah. Just because you're bumping you're bumping into kids, they see you as um he looks like me, so he got to be cool. Oh yeah. You got the hair, you yeah. got the earrings, you got the tattoos, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? You got you got the look, you yeah. know what I mean? And so you become a model, you become that's my teacher, but I, I'm not in the fourth or fifth grade. Right. But you, you know, so what, what grade does your middle, your school go up to? Lines goes up to fourth and fifth grade, but in the afternoon I get anything from first grade to a senior in high school. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so I get to see a little bit of everything. In the afternoon, those are more of our like our emotionally disturbed kids, uh, beha behavioral kids may have gotten suspended from general education mm -hmm. and they get sent there. But I, I see all kinds. Yeah. All day. So, because you just said that, I got to ask the question, do you think you're there in the afternoon because of who you are? You, you can relate to that population? Um, I think now I am. Okay. Now I am. I think oftentimes um, the idea of an African-American teacher or a, a male teacher has almost been used as uh, the reinforcer or as the heavy. We, we ain't really got to be that. Yeah. Um, so after connecting and coming through there for like the first few weeks, I may have chased a few kids, may have went to go help with some situations, but I was able to connect with kids better than some of the teachers who were paid to do those jobs. Yeah. So I, now they see the value in me, not just the guy who can chase a kid or who can fuss at a kid. Yeah. It's, he know he can connect with some kids. He can build relationships, and the kids actually enjoy having him around. Yeah. So yeah, it's. You're you're finishing up your second year. Yeah. So have you found yet, or have you experienced anyone coming to you for advice on making those connection points, or do you think, or do you think they just kind of watching and they 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 see what you're doing and they may try and mimic it. Uh. Yeah, a little bit of both. In the classroom and in the coaching profession, I've mm. had several people come and just ask questions just as simply as, well, how'd you get them to do that? Or, yeah. or how does he do this with you, but if he comes with me, he won't do it. Yeah. It's just simple things, but it's 
almost just as simple as I, I say it here is I, I talk to them. Yeah. I don't fuss at them. I don't try to strong arm them. Just kind of find common ground. Let's see if we can agree to disagree or let's see if we can find something or negotiate something that you will you'll accomplish what I'm asking for you to do. But uh, sometimes they try to imitate, but it doesn't come uh, off. Authenticity. It's, yeah, it's not genuine. So mm -hmm. you lose kids just because you're being fake. Yeah. Don't try to be me. Yeah. Be you. Because right. where I struggle at, you probably don't struggle at. And where you struggle at, that's where you need to sharpen your stuff up. Don't try and just take Mr. Hill and bring him to your classroom. Yeah. No. Be yourself. Yeah. There's something that the kids love about you, too, that you don't know you have because you're too busy trying to be like teachers of the yeah. past or you just have this preconceived notion in your head that you won't get rid of. Uh, but uh, it, it comes a time where you can imitate all you want. Yeah. You can ask all the questions in the world, but if you're not willing to be open-minded or if you're not willing to go ahead and accept the kid for who he is, who he or she is, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And so I'm sure somebody's going to hear this, watch this, and get an answer to something they've been looking for as a way to connect with their classroom. And you hear authenticity. You hear genuine all the time. Sometimes people have to dig deep to find out who they are. Absolutely. Before they can show up, you know, as that person and, and do that, man. So, no, I, I appreciate all that, man. Where do you see yourself, you know, after being just two years in, um, whether in that district or out of it, uh, not where do you see yourself teaching, but where do you see yourself making greater impact? Uh, I feel like I can make a greater impact on the classroom side. Like, I feel like I've gotten to the point where... You feel like that, that's your lane, huh? Yeah, like, the coaching stuff is cool. I, I've been coaching since I was 19. Yeah. Uh, I got to the point now where I kind of got that down to, like, a science, whereas I can go focus on something else. I want to be able to give as much impact as I do in the athletics as I can in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to help kids in the classroom, too, because not everybody plays sports. Yeah. But I feel like uh, in the future, the classroom will be, will be where I'm, like, the strongest at. I think sports is okay. Yeah. Not everybody going to play them, and what you're going to do after you're done playing sports. Right, right. So. That, that's a huge thing uh, for us. I think, man... That social, social, emotional piece you're doing is huge, man. I, especially starting so young, I, it's so necessary, it's so needed um, to start putting kids that age in touch with themselves um, and letting them know that it's okay to be in touch. With Absolutely. Because, man, that's a skill I didn't learn till I'm not gonna tell, but right. it was super late. Yeah. And, you know, um, and it, I think it will develop maturity. Um, that much faster and helping, you know, making good decisions, behavior, all that kind of stuff. As a district, with you being, I believe there's only two black male teachers down there? Yeah. Two black male teachers in the entire district. What can a district be doing better to serve our kids? In relation, so two ways. In relation to white teachers there, and in relation to the student population? So I feel like they could do better at meeting all the parties involved with the, the, the student population. Um, I think now we're getting to the day and age where our kids are starting to realize, it's only 
two to three African Americans in the district, mm -hmm. and why are they in the building where I don't get to see them, or why aren't mm -hmm. we hiring more people that I can see that look like me? Um, so <clears throat> I think being able to hire more that look like them and or just hiring people that care to know more about them mm. would make a difference. Not necessarily hiring people who are there to help carry out one's stereotype or one's agenda, but necessarily someone who seriously is there to learn about the kids, to care about the kids, not to be there to teach this and get them out, but yeah. I'm gonna teach you this, but while you're here, I'm gonna give you something to help you survive. Yeah. Um, I think oftentimes we just do what we got to do to pass the test, graduate, and get out, and then y'all still be at the park playing the game, or you be at the barbershop talking about how the system failed you. Yeah, I think we got to do a better job of bringing people in who genuinely want the best kids, the kids' best interests at heart, not necessarily somebody from districts who have no clue what it's like to teach a kid yeah. that looks like us. Yeah. Uh, so being open-minded, stop. Stop hiding. Like, be real with yourself. You, you know that we need people that look like these kids, because the kids flock to the only two African American males I in bet. the district. I bet. So, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, and it's, it's right there. Yeah. So look. <laughs> so, is there professional development that's available that lends to any of, of these thoughts? Um, I think at one point there was. With our previous superintendent, I believe we did have some professional development. Was there. a black guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good stuff. Like, yeah. It was good stuff. It didn't matter if it was from a, a black man, white man, but the stuff it it helped. It was great information. It was great information yeah. for people who don't know and were afraid to ask. Yeah. So I think I don't think there is any right now. Okay. Not not right now. I don't think so. Cool. Man, that I, I appreciate the insight, man. Yeah. I wanted to get your perspective, man, because it, it's different, man, when you've grown up in it Absolutely. and now you're in it, you yeah. know what I mean? And in it with people who probably taught you as you grew up. Now they're your coworkers and your peers and whatnot, man. So I think that's a super um, interesting perspective, man. Uh, before we go, I always ask, man, leave, us, leave, leave the teachers with a word of, of wisdom, advice, counsel, or something that's been useful to you. Um, in your rather short teaching career, but uh, the career is short, but the, the experience is, is rather long. And so um, leave them with something and then uh, look at that camera right there and, you know, wherever they uh, can contact you, hit you up, whatever social media you want to give, man, go for it. All right. So honestly, I would say the one thing that has been very, very helpful um, is not necessarily trying to relate to everybody but being open-minded enough to let them know that you hear what they're saying. Not listening for a response, but listening for understanding. Mm. Uh, no, I've never done half the things that these kids tell me about, but I don't try to, to either. It's, I just am there to listen. Yeah. Not necessarily there to, well, you need to do this, this, and this. Well, I can't tell you that if I never lived that. Yeah. So I just try to be real with the kids. Um, be yourself. You don't have to be somebody that you're not. You don't have to try to be this profound um, Dr. Phil type person. You just got to be you. If you're real, the kids will see the realness within you. Yeah. Um, but they can sniff the fakeness a mile away and don't be surprised if they distance themselves because of it. Right. Um, but you can find me on Facebook at Elijah Hill. Uh, I have a Twitter, capital E-E Hill 2020. Um, and that's 
think that's both of them right there. Cool, yeah. man. I appreciate you coming hey, by, man. You Stopping by, me, man. taking a little short drive down, man. Yes, sir. We wrapped up another episode of Dear White Teacher. Are we throwing out something new to where if you want to call us, well, no, don't call us. Don't call us. <laughs> but we want, we want to hear from you. And so uh, we have a phone number. Uh, we have social media. The phone number is 330-958-4148. If you have a story you want to tell, a question you want to ask, um, something that we can discuss uh, live on one of the shows or in one of the groups and communities that we are about to start, shoot us a text. Uh, we won't put your name out there or anything like that unless you want it out there, but we want to start interacting um, with um, the community of teachers, community of educators, so we can all help each other be successful. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Dear White Teacher, Dear underscore White underscore Teacher. Get, get on there, follow us. Great content, great information uh, to keep you up with the uh, guests on the shows and different things like that. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for following. Thank you for subscribing. And we'll see you next time. Peace.